Welcome to Vet Talk with Royal Canin, where we address an array of topics relevant to veterinarians and veterinary clinics. I'm Brenda Andreessen, Chief Strategy Officer at Stevens & Associates, and your host for this conversation. On this episode of Vet Talk with Royal Canin, we will discuss feline weight management with a specific focus on the importance of including well-being and environmental enrichment in addition to a nutrition plan. Joining me today on the podcast are Dr. Amy Pike, board-certified animal behaviorist and owner of the Animal Behavior Wellness Center. Welcome, Dr. Pike. Thanks, Brenda. Happy to be here. And also joining us are Dr. Catherine Lennox, board-certified veterinary nutritionist and regulatory veterinary manager for Royal Canaan. Welcome, Dr. Lennox. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. So let's dig right in and set the foundation for weight management and a weight management plan and talk about the importance of obtaining a diet history for weight management. So Dr. Lennox, how does the diet history impact your recommendations both for the nutritional plan and for the owner's feeding management? Yeah, so the diet history gives you a lot of insight into what the pet's eating, but also into the feeding methods and feeding practices of the owner. So as you're getting a diet history, you'll get information about the main diet amounts, frequency, treats, table scraps, any food for medication administration, anything like that. But as you get this information, you'll get a lot of external kind of interpreted information from the owner into how they give their pet treats, how often they do that, do they have routines where they have their cat playing and then they give it a treat. It gives you a lot of insight into what the pet's eating, which is important for developing a weight loss plan, but also gives you a lot of insight into what the owner is doing in terms of feeding. So it tells you not only what they're feeding, but how they're feeding their pet. Okay. So let's hold that thought for a second. I want to talk to you, Dr. Pike, for just a moment about feeding management is one part, right? So how does the enrichment concept and play feed into this mix? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's so many opportunities for owners to engage with their pets, um, whether it be cats or dogs in terms of with food, with, whether it be with treats or their regular diet. And so using enrichment toys like feeder toys or puzzle toys where, you know, they put the kibble um, inside a little puzzle that the dog or cat has to work for, either manipulate it around with its paws or, um, you know, move little puzzle pieces back and forth. So that's good for mental stimulation for the pets, um, but also a lot of owners equate food with love. And so, you know, a way to be able to give them another additional thing to do with their pet um, that, that provides more mental stimulation than just providing a bowl um, that they're going to inhale in, you know, 2.2 seconds. So how does that then connect Dr. Pike with like the whole idea of well-being? that help us understand how all those pieces fit together? Yeah. So, I mean, cats especially are hunters by nature. And so they spend a lot of their day naturally hunting for food. And when we don't provide that um, it, as opportunities like enrichment toys, puzzle toys, um, you know, hiding those little feeder toys, that kind of thing. If we don't provide that, then they have all of this extra time on their hands that either gets spent just lazing around and, you know, becoming more obese or doing other things like bad behaviors that the owners don't necessarily want to um, have in their household. So it's all about the animal's overall welfare and providing for those natural um, behaviors that they would normally do if they were outside and on their own. 
And that all brings up the, the whole idea of more activity, right? Because we all have the image of it's okay for a cat to lie around in the sun all day long, but it's not, especially when we're trying to help them lose weight. Absolutely. So how can we, what are some other things we can do to help increase a cat's activity level then? Are there some tips and tricks that you have to share? Yeah, cats really like to um, play, but every cat is very different in what they like to play with. So trying different things, whether it be feather toys or um, motion activated, um, you know, toys that have laser pointers on them or um, computer games. Some cats really like to kind of bat their um, paws at little fish that go across the screen, that kind of thing. Um, also vertical um, spacing is huge for kitty cats too. So cats really enjoy way more territory than we probably typically provide for them. So if we have ways to, you know, maybe um, put a feeder toy up on a, on a high shelf so that they have to climb up and get to it, or, um, you know, put their little favorite catnip toy that they have to um, find on a shelf um, or a cat tower or something like that, that'll provide more um, stimulation for them activity as well as mental stimulation. Good, good insight. I think for um, veterinarians, veteran professionals to be able to know and share out regularly. So Let's turn back real quick to um, nutrition, Dr. Lennox, and talk a little bit about what types of diets are really appropriate for a cat during a weight loss plan, because it's not just about feeding less of something, right? No, absolutely not. So weight loss diets that are veterinary exclusive are going to be more nutrient dense than diets that are available at a pet store or online um, that are available without a veterinary recommendation. So the diets that are more nutrient dense, there's more nutrients per calorie. So when you feed less calories, you're feeding the same amount of nutrients that you should be without going below the nutrient requirements. Now, if the cat has a body condition score of say six out of nine, they're just very slightly overweight, some of those diets that are marked light or weight management might be appropriate, but if they have a body condition score of seven or above, and they're more than, you know, 20% or more overweight, then I really do go for the vet exclusive diets just because they not only have the nutrient density, but they have other features such as higher protein and higher fiber. Yeah. So it's interesting because we as Americans, as Dr. Pike mentioned, we love to show love right through food. That's just something we do for our children, our pets, everybody that we love. So how do you advise the clients who feel like they are underfeeding their cats during a weight loss plan? Well, I aim to give them options. So what Dr. Pike was talking about in terms of playing with them, attention is often what the cat's begging for. It's not always that they're begging for food. There are definitely cats that beg for food though. That's always a possibility, but I would advise that they reduce the number of treats that they're feeding. You know, you want to feed 10% or fewer calorie daily calories from treats. And in the interim, when you're not giving as many treats or you're feeding lower calorie treats that don't add up to as many calories, you can reward the cat with other things. 
Just one of the things to remember too is cats' natural foraging patterns are not to eat two large meals per day, like typically owners tend to feed them, but it's, you know, 10 to 12 multiple small meals. So, so giving them just a few kibbles of their food to, um, you know, to satiate them and then an hour and a half, two hours later, doing another set of kibbles is good too. And so owners feel like because they're doing more often, they, you know, they're not necessarily doing as much calorie wise, but I think that helps them too. When we talk about that, I always remind people that the average mouse only has about 30 calories. So if a cat in the wild catches a mouse and eats it, that's only 30 calories. Their energy requirements are much higher than that, especially if they're hunting and active. So that is going to add up to many meals, like Dr. Pike said. Great, great suggestions too, which kind of addresses one of my next questions, you know, for the two of you, I'd like to hear each of your perspectives on the whole begging behavior. I know people often associate that with dogs more than cats, but cats, cats beg. And what does someone do when you're trying to control weight and you've got that sad little face looking up at you? Yeah, cats absolutely do beg. Um, and they're a little bit more persistent, I find, than some dogs are too. So uh, I think one of the biggest things is making sure you have enough um, calories sort of set aside so that when the cat feels like it's hungry, or at least is begging as if it's hungry, um, you could do a little training session with, you know, the five kibbles that you have left over from, from breakfast or um, something like that. Or like Dr. Linux said, in you know, do some other sort of engagement with the cat, play with the cat, um, maybe brush the cat if the cat enjoys brushing. Maybe it's not truly begging for food, it's just truly begging for some sort of interaction or attention from the owner. All this kind of points to the fact that sometimes the problem is more with the owner than it is with the pet necessarily. So are there specific feeding strategies that are really important for cats and for cat owners during a whole weight loss plan? Yeah, absolutely. So I recommend at least four meals a day if possible. Whatever works for the owner obviously has to be factored in. But if the, if the owner can feasibly feed the cat at least four meals a day, I think that reduces the feeling of hunger and also helps them interact with the cat more. It can help reduce begging as well because they're feeding more frequently. So they're not perceiving their cat as begging so often. Feeding a veterinary exclusive weight loss diet can also be beneficial because there are fibers in the diet. They can help the animal feel more full. They can also help the pet owner feel like they're feeding their cat more food, which kind of works in that mindset that I'm not starving my cat. Dr. Pike, any comments from your side? Yeah, I mean, I, as a behaviorist, I would prefer even more meals than that, um, you know, because again, they do hunt so many times, right? But you do have to take in the owner's um, time uh, into consideration. I think one of the nice things about COVID is with everyone being at home with their pets all the time, they do have much more time to spend with them to engage in some of these feeding alternate feeding strategies um, to allow them to hunt more naturally and, and you know, know that cats are going to hunt all throughout the day as well as all throughout the night. And so, you know, if you especially have an active cat, even having ways for them to be able to hunt and find food overnight can keep them occupied and, and keep the owner um, asleep too at the same time. Yeah, the cats that bag at 
3 a.m. are often the most complained about by pet owners, for sure. So what about um, wet foods? Does, is there a place for a wet food in addition to a dry kibble? Is that something that can or should be used you know, in, in a weight loss program to help with both the enrichment and that, that idea of giving your pet something special? Yeah, and I will let Dr. Pike talk about how to use feeding toys or other enrichment things with wet food. But in terms of a feeding perspective, wet food has a lot of moisture in it. So it ends up being bulkier, which can help some cats feel fuller. Um, and it also helps owners feel like they're giving their cat something special. Um, some veterinarians promote only feeding wet for cats. I don't think either way is wrong. I think it's kind of cat and owner preference. Uh, I don't think there's a big reason to feed only kibble or only wet food. Uh, it's really what the, the pet and the owner prefer, um, but it does help the cat in some cases feel fuller and it helps the owner bond with the cat. But I'll let Dr. Pike speak to what enrichment opportunities are available with wet food? Yeah, I mean, there's so many, uh, so many different ways that you can use wet food as part of uh, enrichment. Even using like a small kong that you put, you know, stuff uh, cat food in and freeze. Um, you can put little teacups around the house and you know put a little bit of like a like an eighth of a teaspoon in each of the cups so that the cat has to kind of hunt for those um, and gets a little bit more exercise that way. I do think it's you know important for the owners. A lot of owners do really feel like that they give that special treat when they're when they're giving the canned food versus just the dry kibble. So you know, just making sure that obviously that accounts for um, their total caloric intake as part of the plan. A couple of minutes ago, Dr. Lennox brought up the idea of the bond that you have with your pet. And to me, the connection between the bond and their well-being is pretty integrated. So Dr. Pike, I'd, I'd love to see if you have any comments you know, specific to weight loss, yes, but even beyond that on how the cat's well-being is really improved when you do those things that help help enhance that bond. Absolutely. And, you know, everything that we've talked about with the enrichment not only in, improves the bond, but it improves the cat's welfare in general. And so, you know, there's even several research papers out there that show just increasing the amount of hunting opportunities for your cat, um, increasing vertical spacing, um, and really enriching their lives, which is something that the owners can feel like they're providing for their, for their kitty cat. All of those things can actually improve um, normal or abnormal behavior problems such as inappropriate elimination outside of the litter box, um, excessive scratching, um, and even aggression just through doing enrichment. So I think it's important for not only the owner, but the cat as well. Really good points. I mean, across the bike, so the need for insight into weight loss continues to be evergreen. How long have we all been in this profession and had people talking about it. Obviously, it, it remains an issue that needs to be shared with pet owners. And that added component of well-being and enrichment really underscores the whole connectedness of health, weight, well-being. So it's really been an interesting conversation. And thank you, Dr. Catherine Lennox, and thank you, Dr. Amy Pike, for sharing your expertise with us today. You're welcome. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you.